Hello and welcome to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar with your hosts, myself, Rory Petrie and Mark Broadhurst from Nuremberg, as always. Um, We're back, it's match day 10, another very exciting match day week of Bundesliga action. Lots and lots of draws, actually. Um, We're very excited to be able to bring not only our usual show, but... We've got a guest again. It's been a few weeks, but we've managed to to grab a hold of a, of a fantastic guest. So we'll be introducing him very shortly. Uh, just before we do, of course, please do yourselves and ours a favour by clicking the big old red button on YouTube. If you're watching on there, subscribe so you don't miss out on anything and click the bell icon so that you get notifications of all our videos that are coming out at the moment as there's lots more to come from us from over the bar um, and of course if you're listening on an audio platform please do click subscribe leave a rating and leave a review um, so as per usual we are going to do mark's mystery anagram so we'll go over to mark for our mystery anagram run through the results and then we will get our guest straight in so mark over to you for this week's anagram so yeah, let's crack on. Let's make a start with last week's anagram, which we did actually get somebody who uh, who got the correct answer, which I'll tell you in just a second. But let's just remember what our anagram was from last week. It was a really probably my favorite anagram of the show so far. It was a material nozzle gorp. A fantastic series of words there. And let's find out what the correct answer was. The correct answer was indeed, uh, it was the Stuttgart's excellent young Italian-American manager slash uh, head coach, Pellegrino Matarazzo. Another fantastic name. I think my favorite name. name in the Bundesliga, that one, by far, definitely. And as I said before, we did actually get somebody who got it correct as well, which was absolutely fantastic. Ian Banthorpe. Thank you very much. Well done, Ian. One of our most loyal followers. We we really like it when you comment on our page, and it's really good to know that you enjoy the show on a regular basis. Keep in touch with us because we really really appreciate your input and your regular uh, commentary and feedback on our weekly shows. So thanks a lot, Ian Banthorpe. Yeah. So let's uh, move swiftly on to our latest uh, anagram, which is another interesting word. This time it is. So remember, for those of you who are uh, listening on our podcast, take a pen now as quickly as you can, because I'm going to read it out and spell it out for you as well. So it is Raglan, R-A-G-L-A-N, Cost, C-O-S-T, Zoo, Z-O-O. So remember, all of our uh, anagrams here at OTV uh Bundesliga show they are all related to uh, something to do with the Bundesliga of course which is either a manager a head coach uh, a player or a club all related to the Bundesliga so remember guys keep commenting the last few weeks we've got someone who got it correct which is fantastic so let's see if we can keep that run going and remember guys if you're playing along on our podcast which you can access through Spotify then or iTunes, of course, then please uh, get involved as well. It's great to hear from you guys, and we really appreciate your regular 
um, interaction with us. So yeah, so that's the end of our current uh, Mark's Mystery Anagram for the week. So let's uh, quickly press on. As you can see at the bottom of your screen now, let's have a look at the results from week 10 of the Bundesliga 2020-2021. So yeah, there was another Friday night game this week, which was indeed the uh, the Berlin derby. I hope you guys checked out our uh, preview for that. Obviously, we did a little talk about the history of the Berlin derby. So guys, please check that out if you didn't. But it actually, this week, it ended in a 3-1 Hertha Berlin win. Quite an eventful game, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Moving on to the Saturday afternoon games, we had a two-all draw between Cologne and Wolfsburg. We had a Bielefeld, a rare Bielefeld win, only the second win of the season, a 2-1 win over relegation rivals Mainz. We also had another draw between Eintracht Frankfurt and Borussia Dortmund, so it's more uh, points dropped there for Dortmund in a one-all draw in that game. Another draw. It was a weekend of draws this weekend, to be honest with you. It was another but an entertaining draw between Freiburg and Borussia Mönchengladbach, which also ended 2-2. Then we had the game of the weekend, and it didn't disappoint at all. It was a fantastic three-all draw between high-flying Bayern Munich and RB Leipzig, a fantastic topsy-turvy match, which we'll discuss in a little bit. Then moving on to the Sunday games, we had another two matches on Sunday, which was a 2-1 win for Stuttgart away in Werder Bremen. And then another defeat. It seems like we repeat each ourselves every single week. Another shocking home defeat for Schalke. This time a 3-0 home defeat by high-flying Bayer Leverkusen. So, yeah, so that just about sums up our results for week 10. Remember, guys, we do have another game uh, to complete the set of fixtures this uh, this week, which is Hoffenheim versus Augsburg, which is a Monday night kickoff. So keep your eyes peeled for that one as well. So, yeah, so over to Rory now uh, to just introduce our guest for this week. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, we haven't had a guest actually for the last couple of weeks, usually to clashes of schedules, but we're very excited to welcome uh, in in a second Prince of Bayern Fan TV YouTube channel. So Prince has a, uh, a you know a YouTube channel dedicated to his team, Bayern Munich. So if you're wanting to check him out, please do search at Bayern Fan TV on YouTube. Uh, Prince's videos cover, uh, obviously cover games, match reaction videos, and loads, loads more. Obviously, um, if you want to drop him a follow on Twitter, please do. His tag is at the Bayern Fan TV. So without further ado, let's bring him in and let's crack on with our featured four chat. So let's get him in. Hello, hello, Prince. Prince, how's it going? Hello there. <laughs> Great, well? fantastic. Yeah, good man. So yeah, so like without further ado, let's press on to our over the bars featured four games. So yeah, the first game this week is a perfect one for our guest Prince because I think there's no better place to start this weekend than the fantastic top of the table clash between. Bayern Munich and RB Leipzig, which of course ended in a fantastic 3-3 draw between the two high flyers. So yeah, Prince, I presume you saw that game. What did you make of it this weekend? Um, this game basically highlighted our season. 
Very good offensively, very poor defensively. That's probably the best way to sum it up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, some of the attacking play was fantastic, wasn't it? I mean, I, to be honest, I was particularly impressed with Leipzig. I actually think Leipzig probably shaded the game just about. I think, especially in the first half, they were the better side, really. Yeah. Um, uh, Prince, did you, did any players kind of really stand out for you from the Leipzig side in, this weekend? Um, from the Leipzig side, it, honestly, a little bit. It's difficult to say because I really like uh, Nkunku. Um, yeah. And I felt like we made it a bit easy for him, to be completely honest. I felt like that for most of Leipzig players, to be completely honest, um, that we just made it too easy for all of them, except defense, I guess. <laughs> so I guess you could put, you could, you could split their team half in half and everyone from midfield forward, I'd give praise and everyone from the defense back, I'd say they should do better. Yeah, it was it was a crazy game. It was very topsy turvy. Both teams kind of made their own mini comebacks within the game, of course. So you also your side Bayern managed to get it back from one nil down to then two one up, and then RB made their comeback, and then Bayern come back. It was completely topsy turvy. Um, one man, I think. Certainly for me, I'd pick out the praise from from the Bayern uh, side of things was was Kingsley Coman, who's obviously managed to help himself to a to a hat trick of assists, and certainly his form has been really really impressive in the last couple of weeks. Uh, particularly, Prince, have you seen kind of like a resurgence from from Coman? Would you say this season? Oh, you still there, Prince? Champions League final, you can really tell that oh, he's had a lot more confidence. He's played with a lot more freedom. And I feel like this season really is going to be his season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think he's gone from, to be honest, I think before the uh, the break, I thought it was more of a peripheral player for Bayern, really. I mean, he wasn't always in the side. And I think a lot of uh, people feared that when uh, Leroy Sane came in this year, that he kind of maybe get farmed out a little bit and be benched. But I think for me, he's probably been Bayern's player of the season. I mean, aside from obviously Lewandowski, who is just like the Superman, isn't he? I mean... I think I would say he's been probably the second most impressive player this season, really, especially with assists and big goals. Yeah, and I think obviously from an English uh, perspective as well. Look at Jamal Masiala. I mean, what a game he had! Only such a young teenager, you know, and to play so well in such a big game. Uh, are you excited about him, Prince? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, like very early on in the first game that he played this season against Schalke, I immediately said, "This kid, give it three years time, and he'll be our best player." That's my that's my prediction yeah. since the beginning of the season. So it's good to see that even in a game um, as big as the Leipzig game, he's able to impose himself on that game. He's able to really dictate it. And I felt like when he came on, we looked better. Like, no no offence to Javi Martinez, but I felt like once uh, Hamal Musiala came on, we just looked significantly better. And obviously then he crowned it off with a goal as well. Yeah, yeah it was a great strike, to be fair. Really, really good finish. Looks like he's got an eye for goal. So we've spoken a little bit about the, the buying side going forward. So with regards then to the opposite end of your team, uh, certainly um, the excitable keeper, in fact, of Neuer, obviously an absolute club legend, didn't cover himself in glory for the first goal, certainly. And then the rest of the back four or back three, depending on how, how you look at it, um, would you say you're particularly worried? Obviously, we've mentioned the clean sheet thing already. Is it going to cost you in bigger games to come, do you think, Prince? 
bit of a delay again, it would seem. Yeah. Um, I mean, our defence has been... Our defence has been terrible this season, to be completely honest. Um, and that really boils down to the fact that, yes, we have a lot of injuries. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, I will also say that we kind of miss Alfonso Davies a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, with that high line, you really need these players that can run back and, you know, make that last-ditch tackle or win that ball um, while going backwards. And Boateng and Suda, they don't really provide that, that much. Um but to be completely honest, to complete, we've kept, we've, I think we've kept two clean sheets all season, and I feel like that says a lot. <laughs> that says yeah. more than it really should. Yeah, so, yeah. I think obviously Hansi Flick as well came in there, didn't he? And he said, um, like, he's a little bit concerned that the the defense is a little bit careless and they're giving so many careless mistakes away. Like even in the yeah. Champions League, I think in the two games against Salzburg, they conceded like how many chances? I mean, it was like. I mean, the games are too open, really. I mean, obviously, you'd always fancy buying to outscore teams, but you can't you can't win big trophies playing like that, really, can you? You need to shore up the defence and be sure that you can keep the clean sheets in the big moments and that you can uh, rely on your defence and the goalkeeper to see out wins, you know, like... It's uh, it's a bit of a worry for Bayern, but in my opinion, it's very much a case of uh, complacency, really. I don't think it's anything major. I think when it comes to the business end of the season, I do think they'll shore up defensively and they'll start to be more focused in these kind of games. But it's um, at least for the moment, it is a bit of a concern because uh, they're dropping points quite regularly at the minute. And obviously, there's a lot of quality yeah. in the league that are kind of, uh, I mean, not really fully capitalising, but I mean, they're well on Bayern's tails at the minute, so like Leverkusen, Leipzig and Dortmund have not made the best of starts, but still, you know. Yeah, and just just one other question I'd like to ask you, Prince, as well. Uh, what made you decide to start following Bayern? Like, was there any a particular moment or player that made it? Um. Well, I was born in Munich, so ultimately oh, hey. I gravitated towards Bayern right away. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Group with Lacan and the rest is history, as they say. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's move swiftly on now and let's have a little look at um, the the next feature game, which was another really big game, which was relatively entertaining as well, which was Hertha Berlin three. Union Berlin 3. I think this was very much a game of two halves from uh, the way I saw it. Prince, would you agree with that? Um, yeah, I, I'd go a little bit further and say it was really... They really didn't push the advantage, Hertha Berlin. They really didn't push the advantage until I feel like the 60th minute, until the goal went in. And that's when I felt like, yeah, you know what? Now they now they've come to play. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it was um, it was a bit of an odd game because, as you mentioned, it did take her to quite a while to to make to make the most of the of the man advantage. Um, I don't think Union can really have any argument against uh, against the red card. It was, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was reckless, wasn't it? At, at putting it at uh, putting it nicely, really, and. Actually, you know, he's cost his side ultimately Andrix. But yeah, it was um it was actually a substitute that really kind of uh turned the game in favour of Hertha, and that was in the shape of uh Piatek. Uh he came on and, and helped himself to a to a brace. He's uh he's probably a striker that could really do some do some damage in this Hertha team, but 
I mean, we we can't certainly between myself and Mark put a, put our finger on Herta's home form. Prince, have you have you seen anything while they can't seem to get, you know, can't seem to get themselves together at home? Not really. Um, I feel like it's. I almost want to say it's a little bit of like an attitude issue, but I mean that's always easy to say when you're not really inside the dressing room. So, from where I'm saying, that they're really the. I don't want to say a poor because they're not really a poor team, but they're just not mm. that consistent. That's what it boils down to. And usually at home you're consistent, but this time not really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously we saw the game when they played in Munich as well. I mean, they were brilliant that day, I remember, the 4-3 win for Bayern. But it's just uh, like in, in the Olympia Stadion, they just don't seem to play well. And I think the same can be said for this game. I mean, for the first 25 minutes, Union were well on top. Obviously, they had the one-goal lead. And it was like, it was a horror challenge, really. And I mean, uh, we'll talk about Andrike a little bit later. But I mean, it's really cost his team there, hasn't he? I mean... I mean, we've talked a lot about the Berlin derby, myself and Rory, and how tight it is. I mean, it's quite a new derby, really, obviously, because of the history of the two clubs. But, I mean, this is this is a horror show, really, from the uh, from the Berlin midfielder, the, the Union midfielder. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. but, I mean, it was... Um, do, do, you, do you think we can see a bit more from Union as well, uh, Prince? Do you think Union can continue this push in the top half, or do you think they're overachieving at the minute? Um, it's, I mean, you look at the table and you really have to say, yeah, they're overachieving, but I feel like, I feel like both teams, to be completely honest, I feel like both teams really should be, um, in the middle of the table and they're both kind of, I don't want to say they're flirting with relegation, but they're both really, they both really are flirting with relegation. Um, but I feel like they should be both like, competing for like ninth or 10th spot. Yeah. But that's not happening. Yeah. 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 Fair enough, yeah. So let's swiftly move on to uh, the next uh, featured game, which was uh, another relatively entertaining game between FC Köln and uh, Wolfsburg. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Kurt Cologne twice ahead in this game. Uh, obviously, building on that fantastic result that they had in uh, Dortmund last week. But I guess they'll probably, from where I'm standing, they'll be pretty happy with the point really there against unbeaten Wolfsburg. I mean, they've taken it now to 10 games unbeaten to start the season. Obviously, only four of them have been wins, but still, it's pretty impressive form, really. Um, Prince, do you think, uh, who will be the happier with this draw, do you think? Will it be Cologne or Wolfsburg? Uh, you seem to have got yeah. off there for me at the end. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. We were just saying, Prince, who do you think uh, would have been the happier out of, out of those two in terms of the points shared? Sorry, Obviously, I didn't get what you said there at the end. You seem to have got off. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you yeah. still there, Prince? Yes. Yes. Yeah, there we are. Um, so we were just saying, uh, Wolfsburg or Cologne, who's who's going to be happier with that point? Um, difficult to say. Uh, I mean, obviously, Wolfsburg is having let's call it what it is a terrible season so far. They went out of the Europa League right away, and I feel like right now they just they just kind of need to get the fans um, 
on the project. They need to get the funds on their side. So I feel like that point will be good for them just to say, you know what, away from home, we got a point. Fair enough. Um, you know, at least we're trying after the disastrous yeah, yeah. start that we had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously they were drawing so many games at first, weren't they? It was like every week it was nil-nil or 1-1. One, one, like, But I think Wout Weghorst, obviously the main striker, he has started scoring. I think this is fourth game in a row that he's found the back of the net now. Do you think he's a key man for them, Prince? Yeah, yeah, because obviously they had very big um, goal-scoring issues at the beginning of the season. So it's good to see that now those issues... Um, slowly dissipated and now they're slowly you know winning or drawing games um so they seem to be on a good way forward yeah yeah, yeah. they certainly seem to me to be comfortable challenges for a, for a european spot obviously mm -hmm. as we've mentioned and alluded to in in the show in previous weeks the very fact that they're not actually involved in europe this season is is probably a bit of a blessing for them uh, they can go full full whack in into the Bundesliga and with players now starting to hit form, like we've mentioned Veghorst and, of course, Maximilian Arnold with a very um, typical free kick of his going nestling into the back of the net. So they're certainly key players that are going to be important uh, as they uh, push for top four, maybe not top six more likely. Prince, you, you say top six is probably more achievable than, say, a Champions League place. Yeah, yeah, most certainly. Um, yeah, you really have to look at um, you really have to look at Wolfsburg. You know their ambition. Just kind of see. You know, a few years ago they were competing for the um, Champions League places, but I feel like nowadays they'd really be happy with that. Um, just the Europa League place. Mm -hmm. um, not to say like they've dropped off massively, but with obviously the um, the car scandals on and so yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to compete for those you know, those prestigious places anymore. I mean, European places are still great in the grand scheme of things for them. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think obviously around the kind of 2010 time, I mean, obviously they were the champions and I think it was 2009, which was huge for them. And I mean, I think they qualified for the Champions League yeah. for like uh, two or three seasons in a row at that time, didn't they? But yeah, I know what you mean. They, some people mm -hmm. would say they've kind of dropped their ambition a bit, but at the same time, some other clubs have overtaken them. You know, I mean, obviously RB Leipzig have come up there. I mean, obviously Leverkusen are back to where they were, like maybe uh, in the early 2000s as like a kind of top club in Germany. So I think, yeah, I mean, it could just be a case that some teams have overtaken them really in terms of uh, prowess rather than... Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you've got a question, should they be aiming for the top four or should they be realistically a top seven? Yeah, it, it's a good point, really, about the, the ambition, I guess. Yeah. And what about Cologne, Prince? Do you think they can stay up? Yeah, I mean, I mean, personally, I feel like they made a very ambitious move when they um, kept to, uh, when they kept Kevin De Bruyne and they got, well, when they got Kevin De Bruyne, should I say, and, you know, they had a very good, Good squad there with like yeah. Kevin De Bruyne, Schuler. Um, the team was very solid for like a good solid three, four years. But since then, it seemed like that was years ago. <laughs> they didn't, they <laughs> haven't seemed like that type of team anymore. So I think you know them competing for the Champions League isn't really feasible. Um, yeah. You know, for the Champions League places, I should say, isn't really feasible. So European places, they'll try and get yeah. back into it, and hopefully this time they won't get knocked out. 
Yeah, <laughs> good point, good point, yeah. Okay, so let's swiftly move on to our final uh, featured game as well for the week, which was a Freiburg versus Borussia Mönchengladbach, yeah. I mean, obviously, this was a bit of a topsy-turvy match with Gladbach taking the lead quite early on. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, Freiburg hitting back with a double either side of half time. But I think the, the lead only lasted like two minutes or something before Gladbach were level again. I mean, obviously, Gladbach are another club. I mean, obviously, the, they had the unlucky defeat against Inter Milan in midweek in the Champions League, which obviously is taking a lot of their energy at the moment. But, I mean, Gladbach's season in the league is becoming a bit of an anticlimax at the minute, isn't it? I mean, they're falling quite a way short of the top four or five, which is where they would have been hoping to come. Uh, Prince, do, do you think after the Champions League, do you think they can start to push up towards that top four again? Well, yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, my issue is like with most of these that are in Europe and most of the teams that went far in Europe last season is that the fatigue is starting to set in. And the thing with Gladbach is that they didn't lose any key players this season. They were the only, you know, big four or five team in the Bundesliga um, that didn't lose a key player this season. And, you know, you're looking at that and you're like, they really should be competing for those top four places, top three. I, personally, I think they should be third place. Um, that's where they should have ended up or that's where they should end up by the end of the season. That was my prediction originally. Um, and then you see how well they do in Europe, but how relatively to their you know potential how poor they do in the bundesliga and you really have to question whether it's fatigue get far there um and you know lesser on the bundesliga and trying to conserve some energy in the bundesliga yeah. but do i think they can you know get back up there in the table once they're out of europe i'm not quite sure to be completely honest i feel like they're gonna make it into a European place. Like they're gonna either be in a, they're either gonna continue the Champions League campaign or they're gonna go into the Europa League. And both of them are gonna be, you know, both of them are gonna require a lot of energy. So I don't really see them necessarily keep up a form or you know make any sort of real challenge in the Bundesliga, to be completely honest. Yeah, it seems like it, their season right now is coming up to a bit of a, a biting point, so to speak, where their involvement in the Champions League next, obviously, which will come to a close in terms of the group stages next week. So their fate will be sealed either way around. If they go through, then naturally their, their concentration remains on that. And then it probably means that the Bundesliga is going to be maybe a second thought and these draws are going to keep on happening. Um, so, but then if they get into the round of 16, say, and they're 10th in the Bundesliga and get knocked out, like, it's, it's an interesting kind of balance and especially um, in terms of how, how they rotate, how they manage their squad. So, yeah, I completely agree with you there, Prince. I think it's going to be very difficult for them to manage either way around. Um, it obviously, from, from their point of view, in terms of the size of their club, uh, if you put yourselves in the shoes of Gladbach fans, Prince, which one would you rather... They say they go all guns blazing in one of them and then sacrifice another or try and balance the two? I mean, I'd always try and balance the two. You know, you want to go as far as possible in the European competition because, first of all, that brings you more money, which means that you can get more players in the following year. But I feel like you also need to have those European places for the following year to really get those high-profile players. 
this. So you kind of have to find a perfect balance between making it far into in the European competition and getting to the European competition. So I try and balance it as much as possible. Um, but also, it all it depends who they draw. If they make it you know, through this round in the Champions League, who they draw in the next round. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's never going to be easy, is it, in the last sixteen of the Champions League? But I think, I mean, this is a, this is like a famous night for Gladbach. You know, I mean, going to Real Madrid, they need a point to qualify. I mean, I personally, I'm going to be rooting for them to do it. I really, really hope they can yeah. get that point and send Real Madrid packing. Uh, in, I in, love in it. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people would be really happy if they can do it. But I mean, obviously, it's a massive ask now, isn't it? I mean. You, Real Madrid are not the kind of side you want to be playing when uh, you've got to get a point, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, this is not a vintage Real side by any means, but they've still got that mentality, haven't they? So, yeah, I, I think yeah. it's going to come down to that. I mean, I really hope they can do it. But, I mean, either way, they've got to improve the league form, haven't they? Because it's not really been good enough this last uh, four or five weeks, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think that's the end of our Over the Bars featured four. So thank you very much, Prince, for joining us. We really enjoyed your insight there into the four featured games. Yeah, and, yeah thank uh, you very much for having me. Back on again sometime soon. Absolutely. Just before you go, Prince, I think I just want to ask you a couple of questions. Yep. So the first one being, um, very quick one, are you a yep. confident Bayern fan that you're going to win the league title this season again? The suspense yeah. is killing us. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, yeah, you're confident, yeah. Real. And then second question then, obviously you're very confident that you're either going to win it. Um, who's going to be your main challenger then in terms of the title race? Obviously we've seen Leverkusen get a lot closer with their win uh, this weekend, the way the results have kind of gone. Mm-hmm. Do you expect them maybe to be a strong challenger instead of maybe a Dortmund or RB? No, for me, uh, the main competitor, the main rival for the Bundesliga has always been Leipzig. Um, uh, Dortmund just have a mentality block. And I feel like Leipzig, because of their situation where they're the hated team in Germany, they um, are kind of used to having that pressure on them. So I feel like Mm -hmm. they're always, they're used to dealing with pressure and they're going to be used to dealing with the pressure of either being first and Mm -hmm. trying to stay first or being second and trying to become first. So Leipzig for me is the big challenger. Brilliant. Well, as we said, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, Prince. So thanks very much for your time this evening. Hopefully Thank we'll you. get you on next time. Hopefully we'll have a bit more of a strong internet connection as well. Um, <laughs> Uh, just before we let Prince go, obviously a reminder to everyone that is watching, please do check out his YouTube channel. Obviously, just go onto YouTube and search Bayern Fan TV and you'll come across all of his content for all of his uh, various features, match reaction, watch alongs, you name it, he's got it. And please do, of course, follow Prince on uh, on Twitter. And his uh, user tag is uh, it is at the Bayern Fan TV. So please go on to Twitter and give him a follow as well. So Prince, thanks again very much for your time. Thank you. And we'll catch you sometime very soon. Have a nice evening. Thanks a lot, Prince. All the best. Thanks, mate. Yeah.
Okay, so uh, me and Rory are just going to talk you through the other four games uh, this weekend as well that weren't in our feature four, but it doesn't mean some of them weren't entertaining. So let's start with the Saturday afternoon clash between Armenia Bielefeld and Mainz, which of course ended up in a 2-1 Bielefeld win. I mean, this was a massive... They don't go, get much bigger than this kind of game. You know, these are the kind of games I love in any top flight, these kind of six-pointers. And Bielefeld won it, you would say, pretty comfortably, really. I mean, obviously, Mainz pulled a goal back quite near the end. But before that, it was relatively comfortable, Rory. Yeah, it was obviously it was one of those where, um, obviously, it's a, it's a home game. It's usually the home team that you kind of see um, win these kind of close six-pointer relegation battles. That's probably usually because of having the crowd behind you, which, of course, uh, teams don't have at the moment. So, yeah, it was a huge win for Armenia to to get themselves uh, back up and, and kind of back into the back into the fight again. Um, two, two very important goals, of course. Uh, Ritsu Doan, um, very important catalyst in the game, obviously setting up the first goal and scoring the second, which inevitably, well, in the end, was the winner. Um, Mines were, were, however, a danger. Mateta did have two early chances before it went to 1-0, um, which the, the keeper, Ortega, did really well with. Um, so the, the form that Mateta's been in, I'm quite surprised he didn't finish at least one of those. Um, Mines do always seem to be a threat going forward uh, at the moment, as we've mentioned with the likes of Mateta and Botius, uh, they look like they can score goals, but ultimately it's at it's at the other end. And so, yeah, very important win for Armenia in the in a six pointer uh, in a big game like that. So they'll be thrilled, mines less so, but uh, just keeps things very entertaining for us in terms of how the relegation race is going to pan out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would still say if I had to pick one of these two teams that I think has the more chance of staying up, I'd still go for Mainz, to be honest with you. Because as you said, I think they, they don't really have any problems creating chances and even scoring goals is like relatively easy for them. But I mean, the defence is just an absolute car crash, isn't it? I mean, it's just, uh, <laughs> I mean, when they're going to sort that out, I mean, whether they can get someone in in January, or uh, maybe like a half decent loan signing from one of the big clubs or something, I don't know. But I mean, I think part of it also is the style of play. I mean, they're a very open side, aren't they? I mean, it's not a lot of the goals. They're not really individual errors. It's just to get cut open far too easily, don't they? And it's just, um, yeah, but I mean, massive win for Bielefeld. Their first win since the second day of the season against Cologne. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's been eight games in the coming and they'd actually lost the previous seven as well. So, I mean, it is a massive victory for them. And I'm very happy they managed to come out on the right side of one of these tight games this time. Indeed. Okay, so let's move on to another Saturday afternoon game, which was more drop points for Dortmund, wasn't it? I mean, again, it wasn't a great performance again from Dortmund, but I mean, an excellent goal from Rainer equalised the excellent Daichi Kamada. I mean, we mentioned him last week. He's turning into one of the stars of the season, isn't he? He's just a real live wire, that young man. And he's just... Uh, I really like watching him play, to be honest, and the passion that he shows too. Whenever he scores a goal, it's like it's amazing to see, isn't it, Rory? Yeah, he's been playing really, really well of late. Um, I think this was a game that was always going to be a tricky one for for Dortmund. I think, if I remember correctly, I predicted it to be a draw, which it, which obviously it was. Um, the the problem with Dortmund was the the old kind of 
kind of weakness in their side came about to the fore again, which was that classic ball in behind, which ultimately led to Kamada's goal. It was just a simple clip behind. Wasn't really that hard to do. Kamada brings it under really well and then manages to put it under Berkey's legs as he's coming out. So it's very much route one. It's very easy um, for that sort of thing to happen. And then ultimately Dortmund need to start the game again. Uh, and then they can't always keep on doing this sort of thing. Um, so, I mean, they get a point thanks to the brilliance of Reina. I mean, what that's a fantastic hit, to be fair to him. Um, kind of shimmies inside and then smashes it into the top left. Absolutely clean, clean strike, as you'll see all weekend. Um, they couldn't, obviously, Dortmund then couldn't quite win it. I mean, they've, they've probably be thanking their lucky stars that RB, uh, Bayern and Gladbach all did also draw. So it's not a huge disaster as it probably could have been. Um, so they're certainly well within, you know, well within a shot still. But yeah, they're, they're not really clicking at the moment. Something something needs to, uh, you know, something needs to start going again at, at that club, I think. Yeah, without doubt. I mean, it's getting to the point now, Rory, where you've got to say, like, it's not good enough, really, is it? I mean, this is like a really, really good uh, Dortmund side. I mean, this is like, I mean, obviously Haaland was missing for this game, but there's so much quality in that side, isn't there? I mean, you've got so many good young players. And I mean, I think another point that I'd like to make is what's happened to uh, Jaden Sancho. He's just not really been doing it this season, has he? I mean, I think our guest Josh said it a few weeks ago and it's not got better for him, has it, this last three or four games? I mean, he had a couple of decent shots in this game, but you want a bit more from a man that's valued at 80 million euros. You know, it's just... Um, I mean, yeah, Rory, I bet you're starting to be a little bit happy that they United missed out on him, given the fortunes <laughs> of the two clubs at the minute. <laughs> well, I mean, happy, maybe not so much. But, um, it's yeah, it's interesting to see that he's struggling. Um, obviously, you probably put a lot of that onto this transfer saga. Um, probably a lot of it is to do with the way that Man United do their business, which at the, mo at the moment, in the last few years, is pretty poor um there probably would have been a certain amount of promises that were given to his agent and then which probably would have been communicated to sancho himself so i fully expect that the player himself expected to be a man new player this season um certainly very early on it was looking more likely and as the summer transfer when window went on and on and on it's obviously not happened as man united haven't paid up and um, the fee that Dortmund ultimately weren't weren't ever going to you know move on so I think his his best football's come in the Champions League, really. Um, interestingly, which is obviously in theory another step up in terms of quality. But then again, um, he's yeah, he's, he's not quite quite there at the moment. Um, I'm sure I'm sure it will come. Um, but again, I mean, I don't expect United to make a huge move for him in January. I don't expect anyone to make a move for him in January, really, because financial you know restraints are probably still going to be fairly high with most teams and then it'll probably be a bidding war in the summer um one of which i expect man united to probably lose um but yeah i'm sure i'm sure sancho will come good again he's still an incredibly young lad um and have a huge amount of pressure on his shoulders um especially when harland isn't playing there's more of the focus on him to produce assists and goals um, but yeah, I'm, I have full confidence that Sancho will come good and I'm sure Dortmund will in time as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously for Frankfurt as well, it's another draw for them. They they become there's a few teams in the league this year that are really drawing a lot of football matches, aren't they? And I mean, Frankfurt's are one of them. It's just, I mean, the performance level has been relatively good as well in most games, but it's just, I think we mentioned it last week as well. They've just not like they went three two up at Union, and this week one nil up as well. And I, I think they missed a good chance as well at one nil, which would have made it two nil. But I mean, obviously I think the, the last 30 or 40 minutes, I mean, Dortmund dominated really, didn't they? Which you'd expect, but I mean, yeah, it's just about turning those draws into some wins, I guess it's, but nothing really, you probably have said they were a mid table side at the start of the season. And that's probably where they'll finish in reality. So, yeah. Okay. So let's move on to the Sunday games now. And like, I think both myself and Rory will be quite happy to see that Stuttgart got uh, their first win in a little while, 2-1 away in Werder Bremen. So it's a good win for the newly promoted side. Obviously, Fundu, who's been fantastic this season on the wing for the club, uh, providing pace and quality, got the double. Obviously, a penalty, one of the goals, and then two of the goals in this game came in injury time. So, yeah, I mean, it probably wasn't a classic. And to be honest, one of the things I would say about Stuttgart there is I don't think it was Stuttgart's best performance of the season as well. I really don't. I think they played a lot better and lost in some games and definitely drawn a lot of games. But, I mean, it just proves that football's a crazy game, isn't it, Rory? I mean, you don't always play that well, but you can get wins. Indeed, yeah, I completely agree. Actually, it definitely wasn't one of their one of their best performances, and it, it, I think it was just one that they just needed to get over the line in. It's certainly one that will actually give them a lot of confidence in the fact that they didn't play their best game potentially, but they've they've obviously managed to get over the line. They they obviously never never seem to be short of goals, and you know they've got a couple in this game and managed to stay a lot more strong at, at the back. So yeah, that's a great win for. For Stuttgart, they're now a lot closer to those, to those European places and that's looking really exciting for them as a club with this young squad. I think they're doing a fantastic job. Um, Werder, again, yeah, it wasn't a, a classic by any stretch. Um, I don't think they helped themselves out either in terms of how they played. Not a massive disaster, but uh, yeah, I'm sure they'd be pretty disappointed with that as a home game against Stuttgart. Newly promoted team, you'd, you'd want to be winning those games. Yeah, I mean, obviously Werder as well now, they are starting to slip down that table a little bit. I mean, I think early season they were they were slowly going along nicely, but it's been a good while since they won a game now, really, hasn't it? I mean, obviously they had that brilliant performance at Bayern, I think, three weeks ago. And they probably should have won that game, but they didn't. Yeah. But since then, it's been a couple of, like, not-so-good performances. Now they're down to 12th with only 11 points from 10 games, which all of a sudden you're thinking, you know, another couple of defeats in a row. And they could end up right down there in the, the kind of relegation dogfight. I just think they need a nice fixture against a struggling side to get back on track, Verder, really. I don't think they'll be in a relegation trouble, but I think like 11th, 12th is probably where they'll finish, roughly, I would imagine, this year, Verder. Uh, Rory, do you think Verder have got much to look forward to, or do you think it's just about stability this season, really? Yeah, I think naturally after last season's debacle, they'll they'll certainly just want a season where they don't have to worry too much about that kind of battle below them. Um, certainly there's, you know, we've mentioned five five or so teams that are kind of in the mix at the moment. Verder aren't a team we've meant aren't a team that we've mentioned in terms of that relegation race. I don't expect them to be dragged in unless their form really badly dips. Um usually the problem is for Verder if if you know if Bitten if Bitten Court doesn't turn up then generally speaking, they're quite poor. 
Um, a lot of their football obviously goes through him. Um, so that's, that's certainly an issue, I think. And they'll want to kind of spread out, you know, spread out the kind of goals and assists a little bit more so that they're not too dependent. But yeah, not a massive disaster, but they'll want to turn it around quite soon. Absolutely. Yeah. And then obviously the late kickoff on Sunday as well. I mean, it was just, uh, I really want to bring you some good news, Schalke fans. I really do, you know, but I mean, it's just, it just keeps getting worse and worse. I mean, obviously playing a very, very good Leverkusen side who are balancing Europe and the league very, very well, probably better than anyone, I would say, at the minute. And yeah, I mean, it was another very, very easy 3-0 win, stroll in the park on a Sunday. I mean, obviously, aside from the penalty miss at 2-0, Schalke really were outplayed. I mean, Leverkusen created bags of chances in that game and it was very, very comfortable again, wasn't it, Rory? It was indeed, yeah. Um, Leverkusen look, look like they're, they're doing really well in terms of how they are balancing out the European um, kind of part of it. Um, I think it, certainly a bit of credit towards Leon Bailey. I think he started the season relatively quietly, but he's starting to come into his own as well. Um, and obviously players around him are, are really hitting form as well. Um, his two deliveries from set pieces, you know, led to two goals, the own goal and then the, the Baumgartlinger header. Um, so, and that again is kind of an Achilles heel for Schalke already as it is. But when you've got someone whipping into that quality, that's obviously going to make it even even harder. Um, obviously, good to see Patrick um, Patrick Schick managed to get himself one as well. So that again is if he and Alario can both you know really start to hammer home the goals, then Leverkusen will be looking really exciting going forward. And obviously, they were only playing struggling Schalke this weekend. The clean sheets are things that really build confidence within the side, so they'll be really happy with that as well. Going from strength to strength, looking fantastically good for Leverkusen. Title challenge and European challenge on both fronts looking very exciting. From a Schalke point of view, oh yeah, it, it's not looking good, is it, at the moment? We are we are struggling to try and find some positives from week to week. Um, let, yeah, we with Schalke, we just have to kind of take it on a weekly basis and kind of dissect it as and when um unfortunately we can't really take much from this week it's just going to be one of those where they have to reset and try and go again next week yeah i mean it's getting to the point now with schalke i mean i know a few people who support schalke over here in germany and i mean it's just it's getting to the point like a lot of the schalke fans they actually feel as though yes the, the club obviously has financial problems which have been well documented but, I mean, a lot of the fans still believe that the team is good enough to finish, like, in kind of mid-table. But I'm not quite sure that I've, I share their optimism, to be honest with you. I think they've got, like, I mean, where are the goals really coming from in that side? You know, it's just, I mean, I think Mark Oot is a decent player, to be mm -hmm. fair. But, yeah. I mean, he's not getting any, he's not like a 15-goal-a-season man, is he? Let's be honest. It's just, uh, and then even if you look at that attack, I mean, Raman is a decent player, but aside from that, I mean, it's just not, I don't know, I'm really starting to worry big time for them, to be honest. And I think early season, we were thinking, yeah, it's just about getting that win, isn't it? And then they'll probably just about scrape to like lower mid table or something. But at the minute, it's just, um, the win's just not coming, is it? I mean, it's just obviously a couple of those lower teams picking up points as well this weekend. Obviously, Bielefeld getting the win. 
I mean, admittedly, yes, it was against a relegation rival, but I mean, for me, these three games, there are three games left before the winter break now. And for me, these are absolutely, I can't even say how big they are for Schalke. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got yeah. Augsburg away and then they've got Freiburg and uh, Bielefeld at home. I mean, they are, poor, like they are massive. Yeah. Realistically, you're looking at two wins. They need two wins from those games for me. There's no question about it, you know. I mean, obviously, Augsburg are a decent home side, but still Schalke should be able to compete with them and at least get, you know, they should have a chance of getting a win anyway. So, But, I mean, if they, if they lose or even a draw in that game, then it puts massive pressure on that back-to-back doubleheader home games before the winter break, doesn't it? I mean, whoa, that's massive. Absolutely massive. Yeah. Rory, just, just one last question before we finish, before we go to the predictions. Uh, if you had to predict now uh will Schalke stay up yes or no Christ put me on the spot here um <laughs> I, I can't I, at this particular stage no I can't I can't see them staying up um of course they're a really big club uh associated with the Bundesliga but when you just look at it from a, a neutral point of view in terms of quality in each team they just don't seem to have enough um so for me they're they're already done yeah wow bold statement but yeah i'd agree i I also don't see them staying up i just don't see anything in them really to be honest okay so that that uh ends our roundup for this week so let's move on to petri and pundits predict where we will go through next week's predictions and what we think the scores are going to be so rory yeah let's do it um so naturally as we've been keeping you on top of the scores on the doors scorers on the board rather um as in terms of how me and mark have been getting on i think it was 4-2 last time we checked uh in terms of uh, myself leading 4-2 uh however as there is a game on monday we do not know who has won this week so of course we will let you know next week how the standings are when we come around to it i think it's fairly close this week actually to be fair but we'll just quickly go on to next week's prediction so starting off uh, with another Friday night game, we've got Wolfsburg hosting Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, for me, that's going to be a 2-1 home win for Wolfsburg. Uh, Mark, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, actually, I also went for a 2-1. Yeah, I just think Wolfsburg have got a little bit more quality than Frankfurt overall, but it could easily be a draw as well. Yeah, agreed. Um, and then moving on to our Saturday afternoon games, we have um, RB Leipzig hosting Werder Bremen. Uh, and for me, that'll be a fairly comfortable 2-0 win for the home side. Obviously, they are going to be having a huge, huge game with my team, Man United, during the week. Uh, so that might take a lot out of them, but I still expect them to just about have enough against Verda. Yeah, I mean, that really is a massive one, isn't it, Rory, for both clubs? I mean, both clubs will expect to be in the 20, the last 16 of the Champions League. I, I would go for a 2-1 win, though, here for... Uh... For Leipzig, I just think, uh, yeah, they, they, at home, they're a lot more consistent these days. Yeah, and they're moving on to another team that faces a crunch match in Europe this week, which is Borussia Mönchengladbach. They host Hertha Berlin, uh, who seem to travel a lot better than they do, than they uh, do generally speaking, at home. So I'm saying a 2-2 draw after potentially what could be a good or a very bad week for Mönchengladbach. 
Yeah, I, for me, this was probably the hardest game of the weekend to predict because I this literally could go either way. It could be 3-0 to either team or a draw easily, this one. But I've actually gone for a 2-1 Gladbach win. I just think like the duo wins. So, but it's a very, very uh, tenuous one, this one. And then moving on to Borussia Dortmund, who will uh, be hosting VFB Stuttgart. Uh, I think that Dortmund, generally speaking, do play a lot better at home. And I think they'll just have enough and will win 3-1. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this game. This is my game of the weekend, this uh, coming weekend. I'm going to go for a 3-2 for Dortmund, a late winner, I think, there. Very good. Uh, and then two clubs that have been struggling somewhat, uh, but have also picked up a very important point over the weekend are Freiburg hosting Armenia Beifeld, uh, which I think will be a 1-1 draw. Yeah, I've also gone for a one all there. Yeah. Very good. Uh, and then moving on to the last afternoon game, which will be between two teams that again are struggling. So a couple of crunch matches at the bottom end of the table next weekend, which will be Mines hosting Cologne. I think it will be the home side will bounce back from disappointment this weekend and will win 2-1. Actually, I've gone for also 2-1 there to Mines. Yeah, <laughs> I just think they've got a little bit more quality, that's all. Yeah, and then we've got a Saturday evening game between Union Berlin and Bayern Munich. Union will want to bounce back from their disappointment in the Berlin derby, but I think Bayern will just do them 2-1. Yeah, I've gone for 3-1 here to Bayern, but again, it's it's not an easy game for Bayern this. Yeah, of course. And then on to our two Sunday games, we have FC Augsburg hosting struggling Schalke. Um, again, I'd love to predict a, a more positive outcome for Schalke, but I'm saying 2-1 to Augsburg. I've actually gone one all here because I just think Schalke, they've simply got to avoid defeat in this game, haven't they? Yeah. And then the final game of the weekend will be between <coughs> by Leverkusen and Hoffenheim. Uh, so that, I think that'll be quite a good game as well, actually, but I'm predicting a 3-1 home win. Yeah, I've gone for a 2 0 win. I just think Leverkusen are managing the Europa League a lot better than Hoffenheim at the minute. The, the league UEFA kind of uh, combination. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So that brings a close to Petrie and Pundit's predict. And so usually we would uh, we would move on to the last part of the show, which would be Bundesliga Fact and Mitch Roy, which would be our kind of Bundesliga Fact of the Week kind of section. But we're dropping it, it's gone. <laughs> we're bringing in some new content for you guys uh so from this week fourth uh we're going to be doing a very quick section on the hero and zero of the week of the bundesliga instead so uh we'll just start off uh i'll do the zero of the week and then mark will announce the hero of the week uh so i think it is a pretty clear-cut one the zero of the week um for me it was robert andrick of union berlin his karate kick in the berlin derby to get himself sent off with his team winning uh ultimately was the massive difference between the sides as Hertha then went on to win three one in the derby so yeah robert andrick you are the zero of the week this week. If you disagree, please comment below who do you think maybe was someone who did even worse. But for me, that is a pretty clear cut one this week. Mark, who was our hero of the week this week? Yeah, it was a shocker that one, wasn't it, Rory? Absolutely. Yeah. And let, let's move on to our hero of the week, who, I mean, it might surprise a few people who would probably have gone for Thomas Muller ahead of this guy. But for me, the, the man of the match overall was, was Kingsley, Kingsley Come On. 
I mean, he was just amazing in this game, wasn't he? I mean, three brilliant assists. He's just amazing with those crosses across the box, isn't he? It's just amazing. Like, for me, he's been one of the players of the season this year, and I think this was one of his best weeks in, in the big game of the weekend. Three assists, Kingsley come on. But I would like to give uh, an honourable mention to Bielefeld's uh, Doan as well, because obviously, I mean, we did men we have mentioned before, they don't create a lot of chances, but Doan got a goal and an assist within the space of 10 minutes in this game. So bravo to you, young man. Yeah, well done. <laughs> so yeah, maybe next week we, you'll, you'll beat Kingsley come on to uh, our hero. But yeah, again, if you uh, agree or disagree, comment in the comment section and uh, we look forward to hearing from your interaction. So good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that brings an end to Hero and Zero of the Week and indeed the show. Uh, again, our thanks to Prince for coming on. Uh, he was absolutely fantastic. Uh, like we said, hopefully we'll get him on soon and with some better in internet connections as well. That uh, is the modern day, of course, relying on things like Zoom and all these different things to, to kind of do our shows. But anyhow, Another very enjoyable Bundesliga weekend of action. Lots of goals, lots of draws and talking points. Uh, we, of course, will be back uh, next week as always. And, of course, please do keep an eye out for all the rest of our content. If you want to know more about the Berlin Derby, check out that video. Uh, of course, I was looking at Friday's game and the history of it. And, of course, our European edition match days four to six will, of course, be coming out quite soon as well as the as the Europa League and the Champions League that our Bundesliga teams comes to a close. So over to Mark for the closing of the show. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's been another great show with another great guest. So let's uh, just uh, sum up. So remember, guys, if you want to check out any more of our content, please be sure to check out our Twitter feed at Over the Bar FB. We've got tons of stuff on there on just about everything football related. In addition, if you want to check out the uh, the website as well, please check that out at otbfootball.net. That's our main piece. You can get links to all of our YouTube channels, our YouTube shows as well, which, of course, uh, is the Bundesliga show and the League One show, which you should also check out. But, yeah, other than that, it's been another great show, and uh, we hope to hear from your interaction on our Facebook, on our um, Twitter and YouTube pages. So. Thanks a lot, guys, and it's bye from me. See you later. <laughs> Cheers, all.